And that's what it hit. And that's grew their business to, I don't know, maybe 50, 100K a year. And then they partnered up with Brian Tracy and then 10X the business. So then it was more of a partnership thing. But initially, to get everything going was getting the lead magnet, right? Because, you know, you can't test anything. You can't get an audience in front of you unless they're pulled in by something. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal of what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right, where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Get Real About Business podcast. This is episode 53. And today we talk about a topic that is really close to my heart, and that is all about building online courses. More and more people are creating online courses and using that as a revenue stream for their business. Now, nowadays we see online courses as being really commonplace. We see them all the time. But if you go back 10, 15 years, they weren't nearly so common. I've been delivering training for around 30 years. Now, I was the person to introduce e-learning in Essex County Council. So I created the strategy and implemented the first offerings. And we were over the moon at that time. The reason being is that our very first project that I delivered was on the topic of data protection. We needed to upskill our workforce at the time. And by implementing e-learning, what that meant was we were able to upskill our workforce in about six months compared to four and a half years that it would have taken given the same resources we were delivering with before. So we saved well over £100,000 and we reached people a lot quicker and faster and we upskilled our workforce. And we were really delighted with that. And nowadays, the beauty of it is that you do not need big budgets. You do not need a team of people behind you to create online courses. You can get tools and plugins to turn your website into a learning management system and deliver your online courses So if you have a skill or talent that other people can benefit from, well, you can teach that to them and you can make money on the back of it. Now, my guest today knows so much about building and running businesses. He has literally made a movie about it. Tom Nebelt has run businesses in publicity, SEO, and is a talented musician. He now specializes in helping people create and market online courses. In fact, he's helped his clients on average turn $1,400 into $30,000 through helping them create and market their online courses. So with that all said and done, let's dig in. Here's my interview with Tom Libell. And before we get into that, you should know that today's podcast is sponsored by my very own program, the Get Real About Business Mastermind. If you've never been part of a mastermind before, you have definitely been missing out. The idea is very simple and it's one that was brought to us by Napoleon Hill back when he wrote the book Think and Grow Rich. And it's simply that when two or more minds get together, the sum is greater than the individual parts. So what we do is we pull the talent, the creativity and collective intelligence of small business owners like you together so you can help each other and improve your business. You get the input not only of a sales trainer and a small business coach like me, but you also get the input and the help of other people who are running the businesses and trying things out. You get all of their help and support along the way. Now, business masterminds are not for everyone. You genuinely must have had some success in your business. If you're just starting out, this is not for you. 
I've got other programs for you. But this is for people who've had success in their business and they want more. So if you're looking to scale your business up, you're looking to increase sales, Business Mastermind is absolutely the right thing for you. You will get top-notch advice for your business, how to sell more, how to grow more, how to market your business. Wherever you're at, it's about sitting down with you and saying, okay, where are you stuck? What do you want to get to? How can we help you get there? And then everybody jumps in to help you plan and strategize and get things done in your business. Hands down, it's one of my most popular programs. It's a program where Elaine Williams tripled her income within a year. It's the program where Tony Baker, one of my former guests on this show, started his business from nothing and took it for coming on 200k within a relatively short space of time. If you are serious about growing your business right now, and you need to be serious about this, but if you are serious about growing your business, go ahead to getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash mastermind where you'll find more information about the program and you will be able to apply to become a member of my mastermind. You have a maximum of five people in each group, so you get plenty of time to work on your business. Just visit getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash mastermind and apply for your membership today. But right now, though, let's get back to the show and hear from our guest. Tom, I'm so glad that you're here today to talk about one of my favorite topics because my background, as you might know, is around training and coaching, and I've delivered a few online courses myself. But there's a lot of people out there who have a business where they would benefit from also creating online courses. So I don't think you necessarily need to be a trainer or a coach to create an online course. Now, before we jump into the topic, I want to find out about you a little bit and to to give everyone a bit of a taste about who you are. So one of the things I've started doing in recent episodes is to ask something of a random question. So I think we'll start there and we'll get into the topic. And so my question for you right now is, it's not entirely random. It's more related to online courses. And that's, okay, of all of the courses that you bought, and I assume that if you create courses, that you're also buying and consuming courses, what were the last two courses you bought and how did you get on with them? Uh, the last courses that I've bought. I bought an SEO conversions course. And I bought a course on advanced Facebook marketing. Okay. So two business, two business, two business, business related courses. Yeah. And, and the SEO one, I just wanted to see if the company um, is doing anything better than mine because we still have an SEO department. So I just wanted to see, you know, based because it was a company releasing it. Um, just wanted to see if there's anything that's done better. And with the Facebook uh, marketing, the only reason I look at those courses is because, you know, Facebook comes out with new stuff all the time, right? And sometimes just by glimpsing through it, I'll find something new that we haven't explored, right? So just one little piece is usually worth it for me. And I find that's, um, that's the case with just a ton of courses too. You know, if you can get one huge thing out of it, it's usually worthwhile. Absolutely. I think the thing is, uh, I suppose like uh, us all as professionals, we're all looking to make sure that we keep up with new thinking and uh, sort of current ways of doing things. I think it's always important that we continue to improve our professional development. So it's good that you're doing that. Uh, and did you actually complete the courses? No, I never complete anything. No, I, I, I'm a skimmer when it comes to courses, when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Um, the thing is, I get a lot of courses for free too. So that's why I was thinking about it, because people want me to look over their courses. People want to, you know, can I look over 
over the course to funnel the webinar um, to see if they're doing things right. So I get access to a ton of stuff, which I maybe would have bought, but I just don't need to because people keep laying them in front of me. You know, that's, that's a part of my business. Yeah. But even those, I never finish them. You know, I, I, I'll skim through, I'll, I'll look for uh, those golden nuggets for the transformation and, and I just let it go. That's really interesting you say that because I used to really worry when I was delivering a training course, I used to worry if people would go out away and perhaps they'd end up making some excuse that they've got to leave half an hour early because they've got to pick up the kids or whatever. And then I used to worry, well, they're going to miss bits or um, the same with online courses, particularly with online courses, because you can go in and depending on like how you host those courses, you can actually see people's progress through the course. And quite often people will start a course and they'll do bits of it, but they won't do it all. And I used to think, well, is that because the material's not necessarily good or, you know, what's going on here? But I've just come to the conclusion that, yes, you can do a lot of stuff to improve a course and to keep engagement up. But it's also about people consuming the, the material in the way that they want to and finding the pieces of value that they want to. So I, I guess I don't sweat it so much if somebody starts a course and misses a piece out anymore. Well, it depends on your audience, right? It's, you know, you have different audiences um, when it comes to everything. You have the Walmart shoppers, the binge-watching Netflix crowd. And oh, yeah. then you have that um, more exclusive shopper who values their time. And, you know, one of them will binge-watch hours of things where the other is like, well, just give me, you know, what I need to do uh, to take action on and, and get some progress done. You know, like when I'm watching even TV shows, like, you know, people are excited about Game of Thrones. I would just skim through it. You know, I, just, I don't want to watch the whole thing. It's, but watching one Game of Thrones is costing me like $300 because that's how much my time is worth, right? So I, I look at it that way too. I'm not like when people try selling courses for like $1,000, you know, which is a pretty, you know, decent amount of change, but it's, it's normal now. Nine ninety seven, you know, selling a course. I always tell them, you know, if, if the course is too long, make two paths, you know, one for a person that wants to watch the whole thing. And the next one for someone like me who just wants to get the 80, 20. So just tell them in advance when you start the course, like, you know, if you don't have time and you want to get the transformation now, watch section two, three, and five, and just get on with your life. Yeah. That's really smart advice. Uh, I want to get more of those tips as we go on today. That's really good. Yeah. I think that you're right, is that people want to consume material in a different way and therefore you have to show them the path to consume the material in the way that's going to suit their style. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's no wrong style. It's just different personalities, different types of people, you know. So I always say try to cater to both. Sure. As much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Excellent. Okay. I'm already bought into the idea that online courses are very smart. It's part of my business model. And as a, a trainer, it was you know, I've been sort of training the last maybe 30 years now and not always online courses, but it's always at the forefront of my mind because that's what I do. But there's a lot of other professionals out there who have maybe never ever thought about doing a course before, but there is an opportunity for them to use their knowledge to create some smart passive income. So who would that be and why? I always look at the transformation and the value of it, right? So as long as you can transform someone. So before the course, they are in this spot. And after the course, they accomplish this or gain this or, you know, and, and you've got to be able to put a value on it. You know, like the, the courses that I tend to avoid working with um, are the ones with very big transformations and big 
value of the transformation. So something like a meditation course, right. a mindfulness course, life coaching, abundance, crystals. You know what I mean? Just, just things which are like, you know, I mean, it's fine. You can still, you know, hustle people through those courses. But I'm like, uh, you know, you're not really giving anyone anything tangible. It's not like I'm disorganized and now I'm organized. This is how, you know, and that's worth a lot to a lot of people, right? Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a good project planner. Now I'm a good project planner. I don't know how to drop ship. Now I've learned how to drop ship my first product. Those things you can put a uh, value on. You know, I'm not an Amazon seller, but I want to. But now I've someone told me the 80-20 of how to start being one. I'm not a book writer, but someone told me how to write my first book in 21 days. Like these things have a certain value to it. You know, we're like, you're anxious and stressful. Um, and I will teach you how to meditate and become in peace. You know, first, I'll call bullshit on that. Uh, two, you can find that for free on YouTube. And, and three, I find that usually those course providers are in horrible life situations themselves. And it's one of the reasons I hate working with them. You know, they're usually broke, stressed out, going through a lot of things and trying to make other people stress-free. I'm like, come on. You know what I mean? So, it's, I mean, that's just a personal thing, which I found by talking with a lot of them. I, I, I avoid those courses. But putting that aside, it's hard to put a value on that transformation. You know, like, what does that really mean? You're going to make me peaceful. Or they're stress-free. You know, these things are so vague. So if you're coaching someone, for example, how to prep for a certain test that's then going to get them a job, making this much and that much, and you save them three months, well, there's a lot of different ways of putting value on it. One of them could be the job that they're going to be able to get to. Um, this is so much cheaper than an in-person coach. Three, it could be that three months saved because I'm going to take you through this very quick and tell you how to pass the test. There's different ways of putting value on it. And the more angles you have, the easier it is to write a sales page, the easier it is to create lead magnets, the easier it is to put together a webinar. You know, it's all about the angles. Once you get the positioning, then you just have to hit them from as many angles as possible. I think that's a really, really important point, actually. I'm, I'm working with some coaches at the moment, and I'm going through something with them that I kind of went through myself because I also qualified as a life coach. Amongst yeah. other things. And uh, what I say to them is, and, and apologies to anybody who's a life coach that listens to this right now, <laughs> and you'll, you'll get why in a minute, is that I say to them, look, nobody wants a life coach. You know, people don't want a life coach because they've got a life and they know what to do with it already. What they want is the result that a life coach or somebody with some skills and some knowledge can provide for them. So it's about the particular transformation. And I think that you're right is that certain things like life coaching, maybe meditation or whatever, they are less tangible. And because they're less tangible, it's difficult to put a value on that. And you could say, well, hey, you know, finding peace in your life or finding happiness, how could you measure that? That's you know, so enormous. Well, the fact is that people struggle to measure that and therefore they don't know, you know, that it's harder to pay for it. So I think the thing is you have to then work out, okay, so... Let's find something specific that might be about improving levels of confidence. It could be, and if you improve confidence, what does that do? Is that maybe that helps you with relationships or dating or this or that? And I think that you have to find the thing that people want to buy. And maybe that's, that's the way in. But I think you've got an important point there. It's about what the transformation is. And the transformation needs to be big enough that people will put. Yeah, so with, with life coaches, um, I would usually say it's got to be specific. 
you know, because if someone says, hey, I'm going to help you fix your life, like, well, you don't know anything about me. And what do you mean fix my life? Like, it's got to be something very specific. And then um, hopefully we can narrow that in so we can position things properly with an online course because you're selling once, you know, transformation. You're not selling something big. So it's got to be very narrowed in. And then hopefully we can put a value on it. But it's got to be just very narrowed in. Like, you got to figure out, okay, so what about my life? Which part are you going to tackle? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. An online course could be potentially a really good income stream for anybody who is, uh, has knowledge that they can impart to other people that will give them a transformation, whatever that transformation would look like. My question to you would be, okay, supposing I've got an idea and I want to create a course on it because I think, yeah, who doesn't want a bit of smart passive income coming in? <laughs> Stealing that line there from Pat Flynn there. You know, who doesn't want a piece of passive income coming in that's, you know, once it's built, it will keep coming for you. But the question is, how do I know that my idea is something that's actually going to sell? So there are, there are going to be two different things that you um, have to go through. Either you have to build up some kind of an audience that you can test your ideas on, or you will have to pay for it. You know, it's, it, it's got to pass the people's test. And the main thing that will make or break the whole funnel is the lead magnet, right? So up then testing, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 lead magnets is, is what it takes to um, really get that funnel full with prospects. And, and you know, and I always find um, that people come to me with one. <laughs> I'm just like, really? Why would you be so sure that this lead magnet is what, you know? So when you look at a course, right, you want to break down the course into different components. If you really narrow things down, could be even into 50. Very small pieces, right? And each one of those could be made into a lead magnet. And then you just have to test all 50 if that's what it takes. Sometimes it's only, you know, six or seven. What I'm saying, the worst case scenarios could be 20, 30, 40 that you test and see which one hits. Because without getting that funnel full, it's going to be really hard to figure out, okay, is the sales page converting? Mm. How is my remarketing doing? If you have no people coming in, you can't really remarket to anyone. Is my email sequence working? You know, it's hard figuring that out with 10 people going through your funnel. You know, you need hundreds of people. And the main thing is it's that beginning, that, that initial front of the funnel, which is like, okay, you got to get people interested in something to kind of drag them in. And then you can play the whole, you know, sales conversation with them. But you need some kind of something to pull people in. That's that pool marketing. Webinars do work great too. Uh, but once again, what's the topic of my webinar? Sometimes it's easier to play with lead magnets find out the topic that's hitting and then be like, okay, this is cool. We got this topic. People are coming in. We can probably double or triple that by doing a webinar on this topic now. Um, but it will be testing. You know, there, there's, there are shortcuts, you know, like with me, like I will know which ones will not work for sure. You know, so if, if we gather like 50 different things, I'll be like, okay, maybe these 20, 30, you're going to waste your time. I can tell you that right now. But these 15, 20 are worth testing. Okay. So let me give you an example. I had, um, Someone that's been doing productivity, uh, life coach area too, but went into the productivity niche very hard. And, you know, you can definitely put value on productivity. Yeah. So they've tried multiple, multiple lead magnets, um, very fancy ones and, and well-designed. And the one that worked in the, in the end was, would you like to see my morning routine? Yeah. And that's what hit. And that's grew their business to... I don't know, maybe 50, 100K uh, a year. And then they partnered up with Brian Tracy and that 10X 
the business. So then it was more of a partnerships thing. But initially, to get everything going was getting the lead magnet right. Because, you know, you can't test anything. You can't get an um, audience in front of you unless they're pulled in by something, you know. You can do a lot of marketing, um, but once again, without a good lead magnet, without that pool marketing, it's going to cost a lot because then you're playing with branding. And branding is better left to Pepsi and Coke. You know, they're, they're, those are companies with those type of budgets. Most people I speak to, they don't have those type of budgets. No. So let me get this right. I think you're quite right. It's the lead magnet that is probably the most important thing because obviously that helps you build a tribe, get people ready for the courses, the first step to them coming on with you but it's also proof of concept that somebody would be interested in that particular topic supposing i come up with an idea for a course maybe it's something random like how to can uh, food from home okay so if yeah. somebody like um, i've heard about this in the us i don't I, I don't know if they do it in the uk but supposing i've come up with this canned food program that i want to create a course on now, the first thing I'm going to be thinking about is, is this an idea that's going to sell? So do I start by mapping out my course and then using that? I'm not necessarily building a course at this stage because I don't know whether it's an idea that flies. And using that map as a way of generating ideas for a lead magnet, or do I just come up with a load of lead magnets and then test those and then work out whether it's worth me building the course? Also, what I would do is I, I would come up with that idea. Uh, I would create an outline, but the outline would be more of, okay, I'm, I'm just breaking this idea into as many sections as I can, which I think could try or drive people in and then create those lead magnets and see if you know, one of them does drag people in. Because look, if you create a course and you have, you have it broken down into 20, 30 things and none of them bring people in, I don't think that course is going to sell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lead magnet is just a small piece and then the course builds up on that. So it kind of makes sense. You know, someone uh, took a little nugget. They said, oh my God, this is great. You've taught me a lot. I want more. I'm buying the course. It's just a logical progression. Um, that's why the best lead magnets I find are a part of a bigger structure, right? So it's just the easier way of doing it. Um, otherwise, you're kind of, you know, you're assuming a lot you're assuming that there's a connection, right? Because if the lead magnet's not a part of the course and people love the lead magnet and then you're selling a course that's on a bit of a different topic, it's like, okay, well now I'm, you know, I know you like this and I hope you like this, even though it's really got nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? I dragged you in because you like apples, but I got oranges too, so. Yeah, 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 spot on, excellent. For me, I think the first thing is to work out whether the course flies, and I think there's some good tips there for that, Tom, so thank you. One of the things that I noticed, if I go back in my career, when I, I used to run Essex County Council's Corporate Learning Development Training Service, and we were asked to deliver courses on all kinds of things. Often or not, our team weren't necessarily experts in those areas, and so what we had to do is we had to speak to subject matter experts to find out all that information and then distill it into a program that actually worked. Mm. One of the things that I notice a lot is that egos get in the way a little bit. And maybe this is a danger for a lot of us if we're creating courses here, is that sometimes we think that our knowledge and our expertise is so special that we think that everybody needs to know everything that we do. And the truth is that people want the shortcuts and people want the bits that matter to them, but they don't want all the information. Do you have like a process of working out or perhaps could you recommend a process for working out, okay, so what are the bits that are really valuable and should go in the course 
and what bits should I leave out? So if you think about the transformation itself, you need to set the scene. Um, you need to tell people what they'll need for the transformation, and then you need to take them through the transformation and show them different examples um, of how other people went through it um, with different variables uh, so that they can see, like, okay, I'm not really like this person and that person, but I am like this one, so that they can feel um, that it makes sense to them. Um, so basically, you know, you got to set up the scene, what they'll need, how to transform, and then sort of case studies. That's, you know, that's the most uh, easy course you will make. Okay. Um, tell them things not to do, you know, the, the biggest mistakes uh, that you've encountered. It, it really depends on the transformation, but I think these pieces are, are um, always present in all the best ones that I've seen. Okay. So the formula that you're suggesting there is start by what it is that they need to get going on this. So obviously there's going to be an introduction first. People yep. come into the thing. Um, you'll tell them a little bit about what to expect from the course. And then you say, so here's what you need in order to do this. And then you walk them through the process. And then you give them case studies and then things to avoid. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I always go for valuing people's time right so if you promise something um you know like there's a lot of books out there especially business books which you can sum up in a sentence or a paragraph but they're 300 pages long mm. there's a reason those books are 10 dollars because you need to go through 10 15 hours to get through the book to get to you know the meat of it yeah you know the, the more expensive the course the less patience that person will have Right. So by distilling something and showing how it's done and, and showing examples, that same book can now be worth $997. If there's a real substance behind it, most of them are not. Most of them is just, you know, someone selling an idea mm. and then trying to fluff it up as much as possible. And I see people doing that with courses too, and they just don't sell well. You know, it's just a fluffy idea, but it's not really a transformation. You know, you've probably seen this too. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And I actually think that. The case studies part is probably the, the most important bit there because I think the thing is we can give a process. You know, should, I'm sure you can give a process on course development or social media or whatever. You give a process, but then it's about, okay, so how does this process work for me? And I think that the more practical examples that you can give, the better able it is that the learner can work out how to implement that in their solution, like in their lives and their businesses. Yeah, so, you know, one of the um, things that I do even when I sell my service, and this is the same thing I would be doing in a course if I was putting a course on marketing online courses, is I give a ton of examples which I think are valuable to the person I'm talking to, right? So if someone tells me their scenario, I'm like, okay, well, I have these three people with similar scenarios which I fixed their businesses because that's what I'm doing. I'm fixing businesses by fixing their online courses. Yeah. Um, and I just tell them those three examples because then it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. I got this. So they've had the same problem. They had traffic, but they were in remarketing. Yes. And this is what we've done. Or their conversions were down in this spot. And this is how we filled that gap. And this is what I've done. So it's that same thing, right? Except with online courses, you don't speak to this person. So you need to kind of tailor as many examples as you think um, would work for that perfect client of yours. You know, and you're just kind of hoping, you know, that these will hit because you're not able to speak with your students. That's really interesting. Maybe what that does is it brings us back to really understanding who our audience is and then speaking to as many people as possible before you actually go and, you know, finalize the course and stuff. So that you can actually work out, well, where are they struggling, you know, with this particular problem? And 
uh, where the sticking points for them implementing a solution, because that way, hopefully you'll pick up some different perspectives about that and maybe it'll generate ideas for examples that you can share. Yeah. And, and with each example like that, the price of your course can go up now, you know, so like initially maybe you're starting at like $197, but each one of these case studies, that's a $50 extra, you know, because at the end, once you do get to that $900, people do expect all this to be in place. Mm. And, you know, you got to talk to your customers. Yeah. So, you know, like passive income, yeah, it's, it's, it's passive once you do all the work up front, you know, and you have someone managing your marketing and you have all this stuff because otherwise it's not passive. It'll never be passive. You know, you can't let ads run forever as they are. You know, things will burn out. Something will change. Like the most passive I've always gotten was by having a team uh, with a system in place working on something. And that became passive for me, but not so much for them because they were waking up every morning to work on it. But other than that, I haven't seen anything like super passive that will last for more than six months to a year. No, actually, that's a very good point there. We often talk about the key to, um, was it turnkey business? In as much that, you know, we turn it on and we leave it chugging and it just keeps making us money. And the truth is that that never really exists. There is a bit about where you can set things up and you can get things going and, and it will make money for a while, but it always needs some maintenance. And so, yeah, once you build that course, you've got to drive traffic to it and you've got to keep driving traffic to it. And, you know, there'll be obviously there's going to be a, a shelf life to any product. But certainly with your marketing is that very quickly that, you know, you're going to have to keep changing that up. Otherwise, you know, people are just going to stop paying attention to your ads. So the thing with the turnkey businesses, you know, this came from uh, gaming all these loopholes that we used to have in internet marketing, you know, whether that was AdSense websites or the Kindle books or the PLRs or, you know, there was always a loophole. And the thing is, you know, we are getting more sophisticated now, but where these loopholes are becoming, you know, less and less, viable, like things will get shut down or changed or fixed and businesses go out the window. But, you know, people, you know, still remember the good old days where, you know, you were able to pump out, you know, three, 400 essence websites out, make 10, 15 K per month. But, you know, even that it all, you know, it all finished at some point, but just people remember the good old days. These days, it's not that easy. You know, is it, the, the loopholes don't, don't last. No, 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 that's very true. Okay, so we've spoken a lot about finding your idea and, uh, and, and making sure that the right content is in there. So meaning that it's, it's very much about the process that you're delivering or the transformation you're delivering and making sure that people have got enough examples there so they can actually implement that. You also said about things to avoid. So yeah, you know, how to avoid these common mistakes or don't do this, don't do that. That's really important as well. If we would go back now and look at sort of the overall process, if somebody's just going to create a course for the first time, can you give us a rundown as to sort of what the process would be if you were to create a course? You know, we don't do much in course creation anymore. We're only doing marketing. Yeah? And, and the reason for that was I just hated the babysitting, you know, that, that was, was a part of that. But with a course, it's, you know, it's basically, you know, come up with an idea, come up with the outline, you get the slides going, um, do, do the voiceover, create the opt-in pages, the sales funnel, the other responder. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of pieces in there that need to be done. A lot of it depends on, on your budget too, because I would say outsource as much of this as you can when something's working, right? Like, I mean, personally, me, uh, like I, I hate editing. There's, there's no way I would be doing a course by myself. I would outsource as much of it as I could. Yeah. Um, I find for a lot of instructors, the marketing part is just one head too many. 
You know, you're not going to learn what I've learned in the last 20 something years in a month or a year. It's just not going to happen. No, no. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm just saying there's a, there's a learning curve to a lot of these. Um, building a course will um, take a lot of technical skill. You know, I mean, even putting something on Thinkific or Teachable is, is new to a lot of people. So you need to learn a piece of software, right? Uh, slideshows and, and audio, doing the voiceover, connecting things together and editing them. That's jobs people do every single day. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't edit audio and video, you know? So I'm saying there's a lot of technical pieces in that too. So it's not as easy as like, oh, okay, I know what I'm going to do and I'll just get it done. Um, each one of these is like a job that you have to learn. Yeah, yeah. You've probably seen that. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, as I said to you before, I come from a point of content development. You know, that's been yeah. my bag. So, you know, I'm, no doubt down the road we'll have an episode solely dedicated to actually creating that content. But for you, your expertise is in the marketing. So what's working well on marketing courses at the moment? You know, where should we be spending our money or putting our efforts? When it comes to platforms, um, it really depends on what you're selling. Right, so if you're selling to business professionals, LinkedIn could be one of the best places. You know, if you're selling to the regular audience, I don't know, it depends. If it's tech, maybe it's Twitter. If it's people building private practices, it could be Pinterest. If it's um, something that's, you know, not too um, niche and not too overpriced yet, maybe it's still AdWords or ads um, or YouTube or, uh, just AdSense, yeah, you can still use AdSense on them. See, like with, with a lot of these, like YouTube and AdSense, I would go uh, trying to find specific videos or websites with, you know, with just advertising on them and see if you can target them directly. So just one instead of going for keywords. Um, Facebook, I love for remarketing and audience lookalikes. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it really depends on the audience. You know, sometimes you have to test five or six platforms and then kill off everything that's not working very fast. Um, but you still need to test them. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of courses do you think are going really well right now? The same ones that have been going well forever, like the ones with a good transformation and then a good value on it. If someone is selling something for 1000 or $1,500 and they pretty much guarantee you're going to make 50 or 70K from that, that's not a hard sell at all. And I, I have a friend that's been doing that with a dropshipping course and he's been making hundreds of thousands with it for years now, just making, you know, upgrading it. Um, but that's because it works, you know, and the people who take action, a big percentage of them do make that money. So it's a very easy sale. And the ones with weak, vague transformations just don't work as well anymore. Before it used to be more of like, a, oh, this is cool. You know, I've never seen an online course before and it's on this topic. Let me get it. But these things, you know, people are a little more jaded now. It's the same thing with MBAs. You know, I, I've been looking at the MBA programs and they're all suffering now. You know, people got kind of wise to them, you know, like the nonsense you will teach me in an MBA, like most of it is not useful for a real business. And most of it doesn't actually help me with my career. Now it's more of like, well, what do I need exactly? You know, so for example, if I need to get good at SEO or marketing, I'm not going to go to a school that's three years behind. I want someone that's cutting edge, that's got social proof, that's showing me exactly what they'll teach me in a short amount of time so I can take that knowledge and actually make money with it or go to my employer and be like, look, I took this, I know this now. It's just a bit different. And I definitely find that the regular schools are behind a lot. Um, you can find a lot of nonsense on Udemy too. You know, some, some are good courses, but there's a lot of nonsense on there. 
a lot of these are like the coupon sites, you know, like with Udemy, it's all about that. Um, it's like that Walmart shopping thing and people just want to buy as much as possible. They'll, you know, I don't know if you've ever had one of these friends, but I did, he bought, you know, hundreds of self-help books and never read oh. one, and never read <laughs> one, right? So there's still people doing that, but it's going to be these very cheap courses. No one's going to spend five, $600 on like a self-help book. So that audience is a little more sophisticated. And I find, I would imagine the audience that you have on this podcast are also a little more sophisticated. And when they think about selling a course, it's something that's going to be above $150. They're not going to go for those $7, you know, Walmart shopping crowd. And and the, the reality is those people expect results now and they are just much more jaded than before. Like they've seen it all. They've seen Facebook ads. You're probably not showing them anything new or creative, they've seen it before, you know? So then it's just about, it really comes down to social proof a lot too. There are different ways of building that, but it, you know, people will do a little background check on you before they buy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot there actually. I think that you're right. The social proof is one of the big things that's gonna help you sell your course more than anything else. And I was interested in what you said about the MBA. I've not done an MBA, so I can't really comment on that, but I, I can think back to courses and programs that I've done in the past, like when I did my, um, uh, my coaching diploma, it was a great course. I learned lots about it. But one of the things that it didn't do for me is it didn't show me how to go out and market myself as a coach. Right. In fact, some of the advice they gave was really, really bad advice. And I think that this is where a lot of people and a lot of providers in that space fall down. And actually, you know, now I know the industry a little bit more. I know that they also struggle to recruit to that kind of thing. I think the thing is, this is where you can make a difference. Sometimes you might think, well, it's all those big providers out there who are, you know, have got these amazing courses with, uh, I don't know, hours and hours of training. They're going to be cleaning up. Well, actually, I think you're right. People are looking for the shortcut. They just want to know how. And I think if you put something out that's really smart and it gives them what actually creates the transformation, I often say, you know, we're, we're no longer in the age of information now. We're in the age of transformation because we have an information overload and it's now about who's going to help me transform it. And so if you can come across as believable and that comes back to your social proof, that's where you're going to get people investing in your program. Yeah, and, and it's the same thing with selling services or products now, right? Like, like with me, um, there's a lot of competition for online course marketing, you know, and, and people still come to me all the time. It's because of this not, no-nonsense approach. Yeah. So I cut through the nonsense. I'm like, look, it's either going to work or not. There's going to be work involved. It's a business. I'm not going to sugarcoat things, you know, but people know I can produce results, but I'm just, you know, I'm not going to not tell you nonsense because I don't need that $500 or something, right? Like the, the main thing I see uh, these days and it's, you know, it just pisses me off and I call people out on it all the time. It's like when someone's saying like, oh, I'll help you market your course. It's only $500 and you can pay me $500 for the mar- uh, Facebook ads and somehow we'll make money. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. It's not possible. You know, with Facebook <laughs> ads, if you're doing cold traffic, it's going to be a 1x return, maybe 1.5 if you're lucky. Um, and no one charging 500 bucks will help you get that lucky. The money is usually in remarketing. And I don't care how you break it down. If you pay 500 bucks for ads and 500 bucks for someone, you're going to lose money on that because there's just no way to break it down where you're going to actually make money on the cold traffic and remarketing. 
Because let's say you put in 500 bucks into that, 400 will be for the call traffic. Let's say you get super lucky, you make 600 bucks on that. And you put in $100 for marketing, you get super, super lucky, you make 300 bucks on that. That's $900 profit. You put in 500, you pay someone 500, you still lost $100. Sure. So things like that, you know, I'm like, look, it's just, it's nonsense. It's not complete nonsense. It's not going to work. But, you know, there's always stuff like that online. But it's, you know, cutting through that too. And sometimes with your course, you know, yeah, there are those big guys like that. There's Trump University. It's been sued how many times now? You know, those were big boys. You know, they were, but, you know, they were raking it in. And sometimes it's like, well, look, you, you could buy that course. But let me tell you something. I've done this. You know, I'm just a regular guy. I've done this. Who would you believe? Me, who's a no one and was able to accomplish this, or that dude who, you know, like, you don't know. You don't know. He's got the, so sometimes, you know, what I mean by social proof too, it's like people want to work with someone like them, you know, kind of more believable. You know, um, these, these big boys, they're fine. But like with online courses, someone will say like, oh, this person is the face of online courses. I'm like, sure. But she will never work with you to market it. That is so interesting, and I, actually, I, it, I really, I really resonate with that. And I think it's something that I've had a lot of feedback on as well. Is that sometimes you can look at people who are wildly successful in one sector or field, and whilst it would be great to pick their brains and find out everything they know, I guess where we're all at is that we look at our lives now, and we want to get to a certain place. And it's much better, I think, to be able to work with somebody who's been where we are, or at least in a similar situation, and understands our pains, our struggles, the things that are going on with us, but has found a way through. Because you could look at the high flyers and say the reason why they're doing, or sorry, those people who have always been high flyers, the reason why they're wildly successful is because they were lucky or they had things that I didn't have. So I think that maybe part of it is coming back to being relatable. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of that, and it helps. It's like if someone said, like, oh, would you um, want to have lunch with Jeff Bezos? I'm like, that would be a waste of my time. It's, it's a complete waste of my time. You know, and I've, I've spoken with a lot of e-commerce guys, and, you know, they come up with these ideas, and I'm like, oh, I'm competing with Amazon. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not even in the same game as Amazon. You're not even in the – you don't even have tickets to the game. Like, what are you talking about? It's, it's just, you know, I'm like, you know, people are so delusional. It's like the Shark Tank thing. You know, if I have a 1% of a $1 billion, you know, you won't. You will not have a 1% of anything. Just just forget yeah. that. Yeah. Take your market. Like, sometimes it's much better to be a huge fish in a smaller pond than a nobody in a big field. I'll tell you that from my experience. You know, when I was only doing marketing before, for everyone... The main thing would be like, well, why should I work with you and not this person? And if someone said someone like uh, Jay Abraham, I'd be like, well, there's, there's no reason to work with me. I mean, Jay Abraham is probably much better. But with online course marketing, which I found in my small pond, Jay Abraham has, knows nothing about online courses. Like, that's not the right dude for you. Yeah. I'm the guy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the big fish in my pond now. But where before, it was just like when someone said that, like, well, I, you're right. There's not, there's, you know. Like if you're in a, in a um, coaching space, who should they go with? You or Tony Robbins? Yeah. Uh, I think Tony is probably a, you know, but if you pick a small niche, it's like, well, Tony mentions that, but that's not what he's an expert in. I'm an expert in that. And it's a much easier sale. 
you know, like just finding your smaller pond that you can dominate instead of just trying to, you know, like, because a lot of people are like, oh, I can sell to anyone. No, no, that's, that's probably not the best way to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's always a piece of gold in any conversation. I think that you just hit it there. It's, it's coming on to, okay, where can I be the big fish in the small pond, you know, and try and find that, that perhaps that niche there where you can dominate, where you can be relatable and where you can genuinely provide a transformation. I've got one more thing that I want to ask you before we sign out here, Tom. But before we do, obviously, people are going to want to speak to you. How do they get hold of you? Um, either go to smartbrandmarketing.com or wemarketonlinecourses.com. Those are two websites which I'm, I guess, as much active as I, I'll ever be online. I'm not as active on socials as, you know, as, as a lot of people. Um, and it's funny, too, because, you know, I hope you don't mind. But, you know, I thought about building this personal brand and I had um, people on my... Uh, podcast too. These two guys who are just like the personal brand gurus came up with a book, had me look over at everything. And they're like, you know, a personal brand is like a, a emergency plan or an insurance policy. I'm like, yeah, that all sounds great. And it was funny because as soon as I started thinking about that, both of them hit on some hard times, almost went bankrupt. And I don't see a personal brand helping a lot of anything. You know, they have these millions of followers. I'm like, man, they can't even get them to buy them a pizza. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And, and yeah, it's like, you know, often the path uh, that you take will be different from someone else. And, and that's the same thing with the small pond, right? Like, you, you know, do you, like just because someone else, you know, is, is putting stuff on social stuff, it's not really necessary. Like I, I do very little and when I do, it's very targeted, yeah. right? So I will maybe speak with a platform like Thinkific or Teachable. I'll put one piece of content up on those and that gets me a ton of customers. Like I'm just very strategic yeah. about it. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. be you. <laughs> I love that. So what we'll do is we'll uh, make sure that we get your links to your websites up on the show notes page. But let's come back to the topic at hand here. And one of the questions I often like to end up with is, okay, we've shared a lot of things that you can do and you shared some things to avoid as well. If there was a big mistake that people make when creating and marketing online courses, what would that be and how can we avoid it? The main problem that I see, and, and this is looking at a lot of different courses, is putting in unnecessary steps for the client to go through to buy, right? So, for example, you know, if you have a homepage and you're kind of selling the course, but you tell them to click on another page, which is now the sales page, and now you have them click on another page, which then is a sort of a checkout login page to then take them to another page, where they now have to actually check out. It's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of unnecessary steps, which often let's, you know, can we just squeeze this all into one thing? Because all you're really doing is, you know, if someone's interested, well, can we get them to, you know, buy, get them to a checkout page with some social proof and then just see what happens? Maybe set some remarketing on that page, you know, for people who add to cart but leave and be like, oh, okay, look, this is not normal. You know, think about the grocery store. Someone took all their stuff in the cart, they went up to a cash register and they just walked off. Something happened, yeah. You know, and maybe that's the best that place to kind of be like, hey, hey, you know, I've I've seen you doing some weird behavior here. You know, you kind of went to my page, you almost checked out, then you left. What happened? And that type of email works great. What I find is there's unnecessary stuff, even with the opt-in. Sometimes someone has like a opt-in page and then takes them to something else, and then another page before they actually get the opt-in. Like, just can you just give the person what they want? You know, so cutting down the steps in the conversation and the sales conversation often um, helps a lot. 
And I've had a client like that just recently and we cut down, like, I think he had an extra step in the opt-in and the sales page and everything. And his conversions went up by 25% by just, you know, putting things together and, you know, taking all the unnecessary steps out. So one thing I find is if you have a sales page on your website and then you send people to a teachable or a Thinkific sales page, take that one out. Mm. Let's go straight to the cart, you know, take this unnecessary page out. I know it's cute because you made it, but people don't need to see it. No. <laughs> and maybe once they've bought into the culture, you can send them somewhere else as well if you want to. But yeah, you're right. That's ultimately what, what are we here for? We're, we're here to make money by helping people have a transformation. And, and so, yeah, I think there's some smart advice there. Look to see if there's any steps that you could cut out. So things are easier. Obviously, the more steps, the less likely people do that. And actually, 25% is a considerable increase. It was, it was, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. But I, I told him, look, like people leave at every step. So the more steps you put in place, the more people will leave, not because they don't like what you're doing, just because they have another step. And, you know, the way I explained to him is like, okay, if you take me to a, um, to buy a car, right. And I'm stepping into a dealership. I'm like, I want that car. I want to get the keys. Okay. He's like, okay, cool. Let's go in the kitchen with me so I can serve you a coffee first. I'm like, seriously, I just said, I want to get in the car. Bring me the keys. No, we need to get coffee first. You know what I mean? And you just, you take me from what I want to do, or you say, okay, you like the black car? Cool. Let me show you the blue and the red one first. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Tom, thank you, know. you so much for all that you shared today. I really appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll definitely make sure you get all your links and everything up there on the show notes page and uh, I'll encourage people to check out your podcast as well. Such a great interview there with Tom. As he quite rightly points out, he's got this no nonsense type approach. And sometimes that's just what you need in order to get things done. What I hope today is that this has inspired you. If you have a skill that you can impart to others that's going to make a difference in their lives, then there's a potential course there for you. This is something I speak on with experience. I've built over 50 courses myself, both as part of my current coaching and mentoring group, but I've also built courses for other organizations. There is a need there for people to be able to learn in that way and you can make good money off it. Now, if you want to check out what I'm doing by way of online training, you might want to check out my LinkedIn domination courses available on my virtual academy. I will put a link to it on the show notes page. Again, the link there is getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 53. That will take you to my show notes page. And of course, if you've got an idea of your own and you want to talk about that, then get in touch and I'll help you out. And finally, if you've enjoyed today and you found it useful, then do me a favor and subscribe and leave a review wherever you're at. We're very fortunate to enjoy a five-star rating at the moment, and I will do my best to ensure that it continues to deserve that. Some more great episodes coming for you on the way. Until next time, take care of yourself. Here's to you and your highly successful business. 